There's creativity in everyone's hearts. And it's about pulling that out in a way that inspires others, that challenges the status quo, that helps people grow, including ourselves, that guides people, you know? And that's that's the through line in all the work that I do, whether it's with my clients that are, you know, ages three to six to the one, you know, I, I, I often joke that I my clients are three to 61 <laughs> and uh, at this point in time, and I love it. I relish <laughs> in that fact. I'm Julie Clare, and this is the podcast Creative at the Wheel. Artists and creative professionals thrive in unconventionality. They reinvent themselves and find their way through impossible situations. Here, we get to have deep dive conversations on their adventures. Let's jump in. Hello, today my guest is Nadia Payan, and Nadia is a conscious brand strategist artist and Montessorian devoted to education, purpose, and beauty in the day-to-day. She guides and teaches branding and creative strategy for conscious creatives, healers, innovators, and visionaries. Now, I recently met Nadia and was struck by how she is wholeheartedly inviting all of who she is as a person into her work as a creative strategist and as a Montessori teacher. Um, so I'm looking forward to unpacking this with Nadia as we kind of just dive into what it's what it's like and has been like for her to be who she is, staying true to herself, both in business and her personal life. I feel like she's um, has a beautiful uh, experience to share. So good morning, Nadia. Morning. <laughs> Welcome in. And uh, I know we've had our intro conversation and it was uh, lovely to speak, um, but I'd love here we are in this kind of COVID somewhat shut down. What, what's it, where, what's your life look like right now? What, what are you involved in? Where are your energies going? Yeah. Thanks, Julie. Um, so first off, I'm really excited about this conversation. We, we, we spoke about just letting it sort of flow and meander and uh, that's like the best feeling <laughs> to just let things <laughs> follow its natural path. And my life, honestly, um, in some ways it's very much the same. Um, I, I do have quite a bit of privilege in my life. So it hasn't changed too much. Mm-hmm. And in other ways, it's it's wildly different, you know, just what um, what I'm navigating and what the people that I work with, whether they're ages three or ages 60, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. everyone is under a different level of stress or different way of being right now. And so um, for me, it's been a lot of like, seeing where my capacity lies and really honing in on like where I'd like to focus, like my energy of all kinds and uh, really taking a stand for my own process of like self-care and just, yeah, just taking real good care of myself in the in-between times. Beautiful. It's mm-hmm. completely relevant to every conversation I'm having uh, right now is what you speak of. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me what, because I know kind of what you're doing, but what is your work right now? I mean, what is it like to be, what, what is your involvement with Montessori? <laughs> a day in, in the day. A, a day, day in the day life. In the life. Yes. yes, Nadia, so a day in the my, life. <laughs> Please. It's, um, it's more like a week in the life, but like, yeah, I love this question. It, right now I'm involved in two businesses. I have my own business where I do that uh, conscious brand strategy and just really talking about creative direction. My background is, my craft is graphic design and my background's in advertising as a creative professionally for many years until I went off and did my own thing. 
And, um, and then I also, and it's interesting because actually the, the reason why I'm involved in Montessori right now, my family has a family business and Mm -hmm. it's a Montessori preschool and kindergarten in my parents' house. And so I literally grew up Montessori, like since I was in a Montessori school before my mom had her business. And then when she left and I was put into, um, you know, like traditional school, public school, um, I still had Montessori in the house, like growing up because that's where the school was, you know? So instead of most people have garages, we had a Montessori classroom (laughs) and it was actually another sort of disaster that really woke me up around wanting to be a part of the family business in addition to my business. And so in, I think it was 2017, we had a hurricane. I'm out of Miami, Florida. So I'm, I grew up with hurricanes. I'm really, uh-huh. it's my hometown, really, really used to it. But it was Hurricane Irma that was like a mega storm that was on a straight path to Miami. Uh, we ended up not having, it didn't hit us in particular. It devastated other communities around us, um, especially the Bahamas and Puerto Rico. And uh, for myself, it was the wake-up call that I needed. It was just a moment in time where I was just like, okay, there's a massive Category 5 hurricane charging towards us. The last time I experienced that, I was a child. And the last time that that happened, um, the city was completely devastated. I mean, it was a regular thing to think about whether or not you were going to have a house. Um, after it passed, after the storm passed. And I realized I was like, you know, so many of the creatives that I work with, we end up going back to when they were children and talking about like what it is that lit them up as children and what the equivalent is as an adult. And I was like, wouldn't it be wild? (laughs) Wouldn't it be wild if I just started working with children and just be in that space with them and meet them there? And perhaps, you know, what I hope to be a part of my own legacy or contribution is planting seeds of of confidence, of compassion, of self-expression and creative expression. Children naturally do this. And yes, also the survival skills that they need in the world, like how to read, how to write, how to do basic math, for sure. Those things too. And like, what about breathing? What about, you know, just these so other wait, Nani, things just that, so uh-huh. just, to, just to catch me up, so yeah. you're saying the wake-up call, when you say the wake-up call was through disaster, which... I completely relate to and a lot of the students yeah. like with this wake up call what what were you and what what woke up was it a sensibility of wait there's something here I'm not doing that I could be doing um, well you know so part of waiting out storms in particular and take all the metaphors that you desire from this because my brain works in <laughs> metaphors so I'm like even just saying it out loud I'm like whoa so part of waiting out like part of the regular process of waiting out a hurricane of waiting out a massive massive storm is um, there's preparation, there's um, and then you sit in your house and you wait. Wait, how old were you? What were you doing at the time that the hurricane hit, Irma? Um, well, this last one, I've gone through many hurricanes, right. but this la- the hurricane Irma, I was 33, mm-hmm. 34. I think it was a couple years ago now. I think mm-hmm. it was 2017, but don't quote me on that one. <laughs> and um, and so it was just a, a regular thing. I, I chose to stay. Um, and at that time, though, what, what was, what was your business at that time? What were you involved in? Before? Oh, branding and design. Yeah. Okay. So and that's doing sort of yeah. what I'm doing now. Yeah. So that stayed true. Um, and also like getting that moment to just sit and wait. 
opened up another portal, so to speak, another door. When it came in, when you had the experience in this wait out, you know, and is it kind of a, was it through reflection? Was it through some kind of epiphany? Mm. You know, was it through writing things down? Was it all of a sudden just like, you know, what brings me joy? Were you asking yourself or did it just pop in? Why aren't I doing more of this? What was that like? It just popped in. Ah. We were, I think it popped in when we were cleaning up debris and seeing what, like after the storm had passed, I just felt it in my heart, but that's how I am. The different, different people have different ways of receiving right. information. And um, for me, like I'll definitely just suddenly have a divine intervention yeah. <laughs> show, pop up and be like, hey, and suddenly things will sort of crystallize and make sense. So yeah, I think I was picking up branches <laughs> and I was, and I, I remember announcing it to my mom. We were just on the street, picking up branches off the street to make it so then we could start driving again mm-hmm. and, um, and just cleaning up our neighborhood. And I was just like, you know, I think I want to get involved. What would that look like? And that, you know, started a whole other. So right now, as we speak right now, I am a few months away, as far as I know, from being a certified Montessori teacher. I'm an oddball in that group because I definitely am a Montessori child through Great. and through. Having grown up in it, being yep. in your garage, essentially. Yeah, there's the a lot room. of things. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a space that would have been the garage. And it's, it's wild. So yeah, so a lot of people are learning things for the first time. And I'm just there like, I remember doing this <laughs> for fun. <laughs> um, no, I think but now not- it's just like a whole other context. You know, I know why it was being done that way, which is beautiful. So this yes that came from, or this direction of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm ready to get involved that then came into your current life as a, uh, with the advertising, uh, consulting, marketing, all of this, mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, was it much of a stretch or was it kind of a familiar place? Did you, did you, was it uncomfortable or was it like, oh my God, of course? Well, like any kind of, um, any kind of growth or yeah. like pivot or shift in anything like it came with its pains like that's what i'm wondering yeah. you know <laughs> the there's a time commitment for each one of those businesses right there's there's an energetic commitment for each one of those businesses there's um there's yeah there's a sort of like a devotion that needs to happen like okay i'm showing up for this no matter what how can i show up for it while it's still energy rich for me. Like while it's still really allowing me to show up fully in, in regard, like regardless of the scenario. And, um, it's meant that I've made a lot of mistakes and it's meant that I've had really real conversations with all kinds of clients, including my own mother from a business standpoint of like, yes, I can show up for the school these days per week. And no, I can't, I cannot show up for the school in these other moments or, I do have flexibility here. I don't have flexibility here and making sure that I'm part of the equation the entire time too, you know, cause I, what, what is it that they say? Like you can't pour from an empty cup. Um, I think being the daughter of uh, immigrants and specifically like, so my mom is from Morocco, my dad's mm-hmm. Colombian and like, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't, yeah, they didn't grow up with many means. Your mom so, like, is from Morocco and your father yeah. from Colombia. Mm-hmm. And you were popped And I'm out. from here. Yep. In, in Queens, New York City, baby. In New York City. <laughs> <laughs> and, raised, and raised in Miami, which a lot of people would say, I heard my whole life, like, people don't consider that the United States. But 
We That's here. too funny. That's too funny. All right. So uh, New York popped out in New York City, grew up in Miami. And so you've got yeah. these parents who are bringing what to you? I mean, what, where are yeah, they? Yeah, they're bringing a lot of like, you know, you've got to work really, 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 really hard, which I think a lot of people, regardless of their background, can relate. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a special uh, frequency or nuance of that or flavor of that that happens when with with that little mix. and um, And so it's been a lot of like, slowing down, really seeing what works and what doesn't, and including me in that equation, including myself in that equation, which that's been a whole other process. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> God, bring yourself, self-care, tuning yeah. in so that you're, you've said that a couple of times and I love it, Let, yeah. making sure that you're- And play and fun. And play and you fun. Know? So what did that have to do with the play and fun? There you are having this wake-up call for Montessori being part of it. Is- what about that play and fun? How is that coming in again? So definitely children are like the best play teachers. They're the best at that. Everything for them is about play. And I started realizing that like I was showing up as the, as the guide in Montessori, Montessori, Maria Montessori would say that there is no such thing as a teacher. And I wholeheartedly agree. It's like, it's more about showing up and making the space and trusting that people teach themselves, right? You can mm-hmm. offer up information, you can offer up ways of doing things. And then like really in that environment, it's ages three to six that I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they lead themselves. They, I mean, if you think about it, like every child learns how to speak on their own. Like suddenly they have language. <laughs> no one quite knows, understands maybe there's a neuroscience to it that I don't know about, but like, it's just, they're, they're in their environment. They're absorbing what's happening around them. And suddenly like mama comes out. Right. Right. <laughs> so you, you said yes. And you have put yourself in directly an environment where many hours a week you are with three to six year olds. You are yes. in, you are steeped in play. And yet this yeah. is still a profession, right? So this isn't yeah, necessarily absolutely. the same as, is this the same as putting yourself in the equation or is that a whole nother element? I think it's both and also, so they inspire yeah. me, but also like, um, it's just, so for myself play, a lot of it has to do with music yeah. and, um, I actually grew up playing violin. So, and I would play like, um, gigs and stuff when I would, that was my, like, you know, some people work at the ice cream shop in high school. Yeah. That was my thing, <laughs> playing weddings and special events. And, um, as I went into quote unquote creative work, right. As a designer. So creativity for me has never been, um, something to be ignored. Like my life purpose was like for a while was how do I make a living Mm -hmm. and how do I thrive in many ways, but especially financially with my creativity? Like what are the ways, you know, let me know because otherwise I I don't want to play. I don't want to play the game where, (laughs) where I don't get to be creative as part of my work. Would you say that's always been true, Nadia? Even like say 20s? I mean, all the way? I mean, how do I do this? Weird. Yeah. My play as a kid was like, I was the weirdo that would come up with entire productions using clay models and have like my, I'm very blessed. I have very supportive parents that were just, okay. Mm. Um, And so we would, we would design sets and um, like clay figurines. And I'd come up with, well, my brother and I, we'd come up with all these stories and shoot our own movies, basically. <laughs> like, with this like clay alligator named Ali Tupo. 
gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That we designed ourselves and yeah, so good. And so that was, I didn't want to give any of that up ever, you know, and music opened up a little bit, but I also, for me, it's really knowing, oh, this is something really good with the creative strategy work and the branding stuff. I've always approached it from a place of coming up with strategies, but first and foremost, we explore what your values are, mm-hmm. really understanding what you what they are, because then all the rest of the stuff, the advertising, marketing bits, that's easy. That's tactical. But for me, I know that there's a different kind of resonance that happens when, yeah, when you show up and you're like, every like the pieces of my business and the pieces of my creative expression that I'm doing for work actually line up with who I am inside. That, and that Nani, that's, well, I don't know you it. that much yet, but that's what I think of you is that this is your thread that you're following. How do I stay true mm-hmm. to this? How do I be this, you know, maybe in the past this weirdo, but now this kind of <laughs> play beauty uh, gal. I that, like it. Yeah. And, and how do I, how do I keep alive? Like you said, yeah. how can I be part of the equation? And um, I love hearing the your experience as a kid because I think a lot of us uh, kind of closeted that that weird stuff where we were you yeah. know so you, there you were with your family making these clay alligators or exactly <laughs> and uh, you had the violin and you were a little different it sounds like um, yeah did, did, the fact that your parents were from two different countries uh, did that kind of separate you from others or, or were you surrounded by people with a lot yes of- Yes and no. So I love this question because it talks a lot about like what it means to be passing. Um, so for sure. So in Miami, Florida, just to provide some context yeah. in Miami, it's, it's a very Latin city. So for example, I think the high school that I went to was 70% Hispanic being, um, being like American is odd here. Or it's a city where, yes, you're in the United States, but I also laugh at that joke of like, Miami's not really the US because one of the things I absolutely adore about this place is as you drive, you'll see just as many signs outside of storefronts in Spanish as in English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it'll just be, it's just a way of life here. And there's certain things that like have just been transposed because of the community that's here uh, from like, living in a lot of Caribbean, like Cubans, but then now there's like even more diversity of Latin America, diverse Latin Americans that have been emigrating to the United States and settling in Miami. Right. And so even compared to when I grew up, it's like now there's even more types of people, more Colombians, more Venezuelans, more Hondurans, more Ecuadorians, just so many different types of people. And, um, in Miami with how I look with like my brown skin and my black hair and big brown eyes, I fit in. No one looks at me twice. And some people might be able to look at me and be like, there's something else though. I'm like, yeah, Africa. (laughs) Um, The Northern parts, that's the Moroccan side. But most people don't pay me any mind, right? Because it's just normal here. Mm -hmm. And, um, And so there were moments where, just like when I left, I have lived in other parts of the world, um, New York, Paris, Sydney, and then also I spent quite some time in Central Florida for university in Gainesville, Florida. And um, yeah, I I always grew up hearing people say things about another 
group of people in a not so kind way, right? Sometimes very mean, sometimes very just brutal. Mm-hmm. And usually um, blanket statements, you know, like all. And I think for myself growing up in a household, like, you know, where there's two cultures present and a third culture that I live in, right? American culture, which is very different mm-hmm. than Latin culture or than um, sort of like North African culture, uh, which are both cultures that are very based in sort of emphasizing the group and family life and togetherness. Um, and where, whereas I think American culture really emphasizes the individual. And I think there's pros and cons to both. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. There's, there's a lot of interesting things in both of them. But I think growing up in that environment where, you know, instead of speaking Spanish, like all my friends at home, we spoke French because my parents met in France and that's the language that stuck. So that was already odd. Um, what it created in me is just this way of moving through life where being self-expressed is the most important thing and getting to enjoy these sort of like, for me, creativity, what makes it interesting is difference, you know, is the fact that people have different life experiences, have different ways of being, have different personality traits, have different identities that they're that they are exploring or not choosing not to. Like, just depends right. on the person, and and seeing what happens from from there. So, so you've got this a, a combo of this work hard or be very active and busy. It sounds or you know work hard, yeah. and also freedom to self express. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This uh, speaking French at home, this diverse language, heritage, mm-hmm. experience of belonging with other cultures right there in Miami. And then yeah. you go into, and you know, you play the violin and you go into sales or not sales, advertising, marketing. Yeah. And then you, is it pretty quickly you start bringing in the creative aspect or was it there all the way through, even at, when you started that? All the way through. So um, my first gig in the advertising industry was as a paid search engine and like strategist person, mm-hmm. specialist, that was the word. Right. So I did like Google AdWords and stuff, but I lasted a couple of years and then I went back to school for design. And then I took on the role of art director. So in advertising, I was like trying to make my way to where I am now, you know, slowly just like, okay, there's a whole department in this industry called the creative department. <laughs> I want in. <laughs> and, right, so that's, um, and so that's I, Nadia Payan to me. I want in. I want to play, right? I <laughs> yeah, want to play. I want in. I want mm-hmm. in. And so it was fun. Like I got to work in, you know, TV shoots and stuff like that. And then and then I did yoga teacher training in my late 20s. And that changed things. That added a whole other nuance that was missing for me. Like I kept on showing up and doing work for companies, um, Fortune 100 companies. And I liked the work that we were doing. I just had a hard time getting behind who we were doing it for. And um, I never got certified. I'm not a certified yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. I just did the entire program and that opened up my heart space, you know, like in a different way. And I realized, and that's why I call myself as someone who, in my, in my own business, you know, Nadia Payan world of, it's about conscious creativity, mm-hmm. not just making for making sake, 
or it's what is that really having what is that for you if you get a client so this is beautiful mm-hmm. so you you have this yeah. background and then you have this wake up call and then you yeah. realize you've got this business and you you're working with creators but you realize part of what you bring is this conscious element of wait we can really bring our values in we can really choose yeah. how it is we do this we don't have let's to be intentional mm-hmm. let's be intentional let's just not follow some kind of formula this isn't making us happy and you bring this sense of, wait a minute, how do I become part of this equation? I work hard, but how do I do this? And then you start the Montessori and you're working with these three to six-year-olds, right? And, mm-hmm. and here you are. How does this come together in your work when you're with clients now? Um, how did this Montessori experience, how is that coming in? And how you is, know, yeah. that's a beautiful question. I actually want to, I'll get I'll get there. There's something yeah. that as you were speaking, I just want to say, Yeah. Um, I don't have the quote right in front of me, but there's this James Baldwin quote. That's something about how the artist's responsibility is the same as a lover's. And it, a lover's responsibility is to point out things, to point things out, you know, like to just be like, Hey, look at this. And I think that that's the layer of what it is to be a conscious creative is really, you know, we have creativity and it is, there's creativity in everyone's hearts. And it's about pulling that out in a way that inspires others, that challenges the status quo, that helps people grow, including ourselves, that guides people, you know, and that's, that's the through line in all the work that I do, whether it's with my clients that are, you know, ages three to six to the one, you know, I, I, I often joke that I, my clients are three to 61 <laughs> and uh, at this point in time, and I love it. I relish <laughs> in that fact. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say that because that's, to me, that's the difference is there are some folks who just, they just want to learn how to paint and that's beautiful and go for it. You know, they, mm-hmm. they never want to make a living from it. It's just for their own hearts. And I actually think there's a whole other consciousness conversation that can happen there too. Mm-hmm. And for those of us who feel that calling to, to share, to show, and um, even another nuance is to sell that work or to sell services or to be a part of the community in sort of an economic way, um, those layers of where do I want to be, like how can, yeah, of really, of what creativity does best, which is disrupt and open up and expand, you know? That's what creative energy is to me. Would you say that again? Disrupt and expand. Yeah. I don't know what I just said. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's, here's the funny thing is that sometimes I find myself working with people. There's a, you know, I, I try to make a distinction and this is what I'm hearing you say, but it's not, there's nothing wrong with making a pretty picture and that can be really yeah. soothing and, and a really, really beautiful way to spend time and be engaged but there's something more that you're that you're genuinely interested in and it sounds like there's yeah. this personal would you say how would you correct me but this personal engagement like what what edge what breakthrough is wanting to happen personally what what wants to be spoken shared use the word shared and i understand that because i i think it's almost like there's a therapeutic healing quality and yet it's for the service of freedom. It's for the service of enjoyment. What is that? Is it about breakthrough? What, what is your, what is that core interest you have that to help people experience, would you say in their creative endeavors? I, just, I really deeply feel that creative energy is 
the most all-encompassing energy that exists, period, end of story. Because from a really, and I love thinking in layers and my brain works in metaphor. And um, when you think about, or when I think about creativity, right, creative energy, it has both a sort of flow, right? An organic process, a process that just is almost more spiritual. You just kind of follow the threads, right? That meandering that we spoke about at the beginning of this conversation, you just kind of, you see, you see you, but you're really just trusting this process. And also most creative expressions require some skill. And that's really, truly, that's a, that's a practice part. That's a devotional aspect to me where you show up and there were moments, like I'm, I think of, um, yeah, any creative expression that I've sort of mastered, which for mm-hmm. me would be music, playing the violin, and then also graphic design, for example. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, there had to be enormous amounts of time and energy spent just on the skill set. And I would show up for it, you know, sometimes uh, with a whole lot of resistance, but I'd be like, all right, let me work on some bowing techniques or like time to practice scales and all those things. Like, that's what I feel is the most interesting thing about creative energy um, is there's, it's that interplay between the two, right? There's room for both. There's times for both. And we get to trust what stage we're in. And, and we never finish, right? Like there's always room for flow. I'm sure I messed around on my violin as a child, <laughs> scratching on those strings <laughs> and being like, yeah, you know, just coming up with something. Um, now it's a little different because the skill set's different. But, and then same thing for, you know, painters. Like there's going to be a moment in time where you're just like, what is color theory? And then there's going to be another moment where you're just like, I'm just moving with this brush and I don't really know what's coming out. How does that show up with the people that you work with? Do you ever have to mm. be in a situation of helping them with their skill sets or is it, what is your role there given that, yeah. that understanding? So the translation of that towards marketing, yeah. in, in my opinion, is marketing has all the tactical aspects, right? As conscious creatives, we get to choose which ones we're going to use, right? So that means that like, say for example, we, and if it's coming from, there's like that flow, that inner exploration that happens with the values and everything. Mm -hmm. So if one of our values is, is fairness, right? Then perhaps part of how we're going to be uh, implementing that fairness is through disrupting capitalism and doing things on a sliding scale, you know, or perhaps the way that we're going to do that is um, for some, some folks, I've seen a lot of um, offerings coming out now where there's a different price point for people of color or um, underserved communities, right? Acknowledging the disparity of resources being um, put out, right? So there's so many different, or also um, just acknowledging wealth gaps as well. So mm-hmm. if there's really concrete ways always of, of, of doing something, and then there's how we show up for the work that we're doing, right? So if one of the, um, going back to the fairness example, then might that be that you show up 
open, right? In a different way, understanding that for me, I always think, I firmly believe, you know, my clients are the experts of themselves, whether they're three or 60. And that means really there's moments where you get to push, right? And then there's moments where if someone's telling you, I'm not ready for that yet, or I'm a no to that right now, honoring that, that for me, with my understanding of fairness, and that's, you know, everyone's um, definition will be different for different values. Right. Um, that's so is that part, that looks is like. that part of where your radar is in your work or your gift comes in? Is it a sensitivity to yeah. tuning, attuning to who somebody is to make sure that they're not overwriting something, that they're in the equation? Is that what I'm hearing? You got it. Yeah. So how, because Probably I know. one of the biggest feedback um, sentences I've heard over the last uh, years of, of working for myself and offering these services um, yeah, on my own and not part of like a corporation um, has been like, wow, you really see me. And I'm like, it's just because I asked the questions, removed myself, got really curious and just let it flow. You know, I really what, happen- want- what, do, what do you and see I- happening when they feel seen? What, what happens for them then? Oh my gosh. Um, again, across all the ages. So going back to answering your question of like where the through lines are, mm-hmm. action happens, confidence happens, clarity happens. If a child, the, the child version of that is like, I am going to do that lesson again, you know, and suddenly they get really focused and they're really in that discovery phase, you know, they're just for, for the youngest ones moving though, you know, there's like a tactile manipulation lesson where they literally pick something up from one bowl and put it into the other, which is actually very hard at that age. Mm-hmm. takes a whole lot. And, you know, suddenly something clicks for them. And when they, when they feel like that, that in, how, oh, I don't know what the word would be like that integrity, you know, that support, then suddenly they don't stop. Like you could see them there for like 20 minutes, moving things from one bowl to the other. And it's the same thing with clients that are doing conscious creative work. So maybe a tarot reader or healer or um, a coach with um, sort of heart purpose sensitivity in them. And suddenly they're taking stands for, for communities that they want to serve. I had, I remember one client Mm. uh, of mine was like, I really want to serve black women um, in wellness. And uh, she was scared to name it. And I was like, do you really want a non-black person in your offerings who are not comfortable or okay or even, you know, if they can't handle that you're here for that, that you're, that you're here for, that your heart is speaking to Black women entering wellness, and they don't want to, you know, they can't accept that part of you, do you really want them in your space? So it and, sounds like really giving people, uh, part of the skills, really helping people give themselves permission to really be as aligned. In, in their own integrity, you know, in their business, so they could be uh-huh. much more specific than maybe they thought they could be, or they could be much more um, directed, um, and they don't just have to take anything that comes their way. Is it? It's. Um, I, I hear it and I understand it because to me, all this work is about attunement and alignment. Um, Beautiful, and with, uh-huh. yeah, and creative process for sure. So that's my joy in what you do. Is it's 
it's also what I, I kind of live for is this attunement. But I hear you have a special kind of line in, and there's something about this, how to really make sure you are part of the equation, how to make sure that their biggest cares are forming um, the specifics of their business or their, mm-hmm. their professional lives. You know, sharing your purpose with the world, sharing your work yeah. with the world, if it's, if it's out of integrity, your own integrity, it becomes painful or even worse, you get resentful. I've been there. And I would get bitter sometimes if I was not like, you know, even uh, at the ad agencies that I worked at, you know, I just feel this bitterness in my heart. And I'd be like, why? Why is this here right now? It just, it sucked. You know, it's what, not a. What do you, what, what, what is your sense with people who don't know so much of what needs to come? Like they have all these interests. They might be 28 years old. They might be 30 years mm-hmm. old and they have all these interests. They're good. They've got a job and um, how, how to move out of something they know they're ready to leave, but not knowing really what it is. So they've got values, <laughs> but they've got slowly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah. I, I, um, I did it rather. I left um, that last advertising job when I was starting to get rejected for freelance work um, because my timelines were too, too long. They were just like, no, we need this, but faster. And I was like, I have a full-time job in an industry that like really demands a lot of hours from their mm-hmm. creatives. And, um, and so I can't give that to you. So when I started losing work, was when I was like, I think I might be in a good place <laughs> mm-hmm. to make this, make this leap. Also, I would say, know what your support systems are. Know what they are. Use them. Ask for them. Lean on them. And really receive them. No one does anything alone. And would you say, would, um, do people come to you very much when they're depressed and they're not able to move? Or are they more active and ready? Um, a lot of times they're already in that pain point, that pain yeah. of like, I've been ready. I'm getting frustrated. <laughs> There's, I get a lot of people with a lot of fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it just depends on the person. Some people, so one of the distinctions that I'll just say, um, and whoever's listening to this, maybe this will resonate, maybe not. But part of the reason why I even use, and I use it intentionally, this idea of sharing our work with the world really, that's at the baseline of what I need for someone to approach me to like work together is that they have a desire to share their work with the world. Because as we were both talking about, there is another process where creative expression can just be for oneself. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's actually a whole lot of beauty to that. And for certain one, for certain people, we do have that desire. There's something in us that says, I've made this and I want other people to blank from this, right? Like to insert whatever it is, grow, to get inspired, to, if you're a musician, like to, to, you might have a mess. I had a, I had a rapper as a client at one point who realized that like they were going to completely shift their language now that they had a daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to shift from saying things about women, um, and now they were like, Mm-mm, "I'm going to talk about elevating." Like, I'm still going to rap, 
I'm going to show up as I am. I'm going to show up with the skill and the creative expression that suits me best, right? And it's going to be for the purpose to elevate people's vibration. I totally I get talk it. About, and listen, yeah. I want to know, here you are. I have a really good sense of your work and I think others would too. It's just, it's beautiful to, to follow you here. Um, and here you are. What are the challenges? You know, what's, what are your edges right now? Where is that? Mm. Yeah. What, what For you- me, I will say it's, it's gotta be about um, just manage. I've never been faced with this process of being in training in one business and both of them growing in different ways. Mm-hmm. And although I see a lot of through lines between working with the children in a Montessori environment and doing, you know, creative strategy, it's definitely taking a whole other layer of structure for myself to be able to show up in those spaces fully every time. You know, sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. <laughs> right. So is it is it the ability to shift, shift in, shift out? Is it transition? Is that perhaps? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't quite be able to tell you right away. I'll, I'll, I'll give me another year, you know, we'll do a so follow-up there's a, cha- there's a challenge. There's a challenge. There's an obviousness to it. The through line. Yeah. There's a, the give is obvious, but there's also, and there's also a challenge to how do I show up fully in this moment? Now, how yeah. do I show up fully in this moment? Is yeah. that, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then also understanding like a huge part of this process for me has been, so right now I am in training for Montessori, mm-hmm. which means that there's, um, it's like being back in school and also showing up to the actual work and also um, tending to my clients in my business, right? And those three threads, weaving myself in there too, means that I've had to create quite a bit of structure in my life just to be able to, and for me, I tend to be like, no, let's just go. Let's just see. I love that part. But again, like I said, creative creative energy, the process of creating requires both. So that's the, I've always had a much easier time, just me personally, tapping into the organic flow of things than the skilled, uh, the skilled part, right? That sort of devotional discipline aspect. And like I, I even mentioned before, I would, I'd be grouchy, right? Ah, oh, let me go play my scales. <laughs> I totally get it. And I'm also, mm-hmm. I share that with you, but you know, you know, one of the things that I love when I hear you, I, it, it puts me in this listening of as we're moving forward and opening and expanding and you've let the, you, you're being, you're being trained to be a Montessori teacher right now. So there's all of that learning, right? You are not, yes, you have a lifetime experience with it. You grew up in it, you know it, you breathe it. And yet you're also learning. You're the learner yep. in that yep. situation. Then you're also leading conversations uh, being somebody who's really sharing from these many years of experience, putting yourself into the equation with business, with people who are looking you to looking to you to be the guide. And yeah. I, one of the things I see, and that's it's very exciting to hear you share how you're doing it. Is I think that's what this requires: this crazy path of being a professional and a creative who's probably always learning something new or needs mm. to. How do we step into wait? This, this I really get. I know this, and how do we honor that? And then how do we allow ourselves to fumble and be a beginner and learn something without thinking we don't know anything, right? So I don't know. I hear you. The moving into one, moving into the other place is one of the challenges. And I just want to honor that. I want to honor the strength that it takes to do that. Um, I think some people, 
I do. I think some people do anything in their life not to be challenged in that way, but just to stay in what they know. And I think that's part of what, um, what brings people to you as those are the people who have the fire and are saying, it's, it's, it's actually not enough. I need to expose myself more. I need to share myself more. Um, is there anything um, that uh, just, we just have like one more minute. I, I'm just wondering, is there anything that uh, you feel the best about, like in your heart about what's happening right now for you? Hmm. Is there anything that you're most grateful for, I should say right now? Oh, well, <laughs> right now I definitely have, um, every day is, it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. Like every time we go to sleep, there's a possibility of not waking up. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what your socioeconomic status is, what your identities are, if you're marginalized, if you have more privilege in one way, everybody has both. Um, regardless of your circumstances during this lifetime on this planet right now, every single time we close our eyes, there's a possibility that we do not wake up. And so (laughs) being real dramatic about it, but it's so true. And I think of that every single morning when I wake up, I think of that. Thank you for, I'm grateful to be awake. I'm grateful. Yeah. To just have another day to play this game. Mm -hmm. Wow. Nadia, it's been a joy. We could keep going on so many different topics. I want to thank you so much. And um, let's give people your website if they would like to find out more about you and your offerings. Where can we send them? Totally. Um, I've I've so enjoyed this conversation too. Thanks for letting me ramble. <laughs> I oh, love yeah. rambling. It's the best. <laughs> um, people can find me. Uh, uh, my website is NadiaPayan.com. Mm-hmm. And um, also the place, the social media where I really love to play is Instagram. And it's just my name as well. So not on on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you very much. And till next time. Thanks, Julie. You're welcome. Well, that's today's podcast of Creative at the Wheel. Before we go, I want to thank you for listening. And I invite you to tune in again. You can listen to more of these podcasts on SoundCloud on my Creative at the Wheel channel. You can learn more about my one-on-one coaching for creatives on my website, paintbiglivebig.com.